0: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. You get all of our other content, non-heat as well. Also, fivereasonssports.com, Spell that one out. And Prize Picks—that that is our fantasy sponsor. Use the code 5FIVE. F-I-V-E. We just put another episode up on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. We're going through everything you could possibly need to know about the Super Bowl and who you should pick up and who you should pick down and what you should pair it with. They're offering this basically free Mahomes Square. So make sure you jump in on that and make sure you use the code five, F-I-V-E, initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. If you're planning on spending a hundred at some point, put it all down at first because you'll get it matched up to a hundred. Once you do the initial match, you can't match after that. So use the code five, put down as much as you're comfortable spending. And you will get that match with no rollovers. Use that code five prizepicks.com. Download it from the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, or PrizePicks.com. And now, tonight's
2: episode. Down to 5 on the floor, ride for my dogs, well, here's the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs, just like butter said, you in trouble, y'all, kept the floor playing, got an all bang, y'all seen the block, stop in one hand, impact with trust, inspire, have the guts, we here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up.
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Silvander, and Alex Toledo, plus
2: others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: Alright, welcome back to Five on the Floor. You may have noticed we're putting a little bit more on the feed this week. So there's an episode of Starting Nine, which was basically me by myself. Along with uh, some viewers on the Five Reasons YouTube channel, we took comments. Uh, thanks to our producer, Manny Chang, for doing that. So that's on the feed. So if you hear some episodes that sound a little bit different this week, that's why we're pulling some from the YouTube channel because we're trying to be as updated as possible because things are changing very quickly. Today's floor plan: No Greg Sylvander tonight, but Brady Hawk is here. Brady Hawk three hundred five on Twitter. Alex Toledo, Tropical Blanket on Twitter. And we're gonna. What I want to do, guys, is first update kind of what happened during the day and then we'll talk about the repercussions of it uh today is going to be heavy kyle lowry because we did a full episode on him a few days ago but how they revive him and now it's appearing that they may not actually try to do that that they may actually try to deal him so the report that came out today from barry jackson and anthony chang two people i respect greatly um who covered the heat for the miami herald They reported that the Heat are open now. They were not before, but they're open to dealing Kyle Lowry. That was the gist of it. Now, knowing kind of the way that this reporting game works here, it was interesting to me that this came out today because we are three days before the deadline. And the way that 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 was written by the Herald guys made it seem like, and again, I don't out anybody's sources, but it made it seem like it came from inside the house, okay, (laughs) inside the building, inside the arena. Uh, and, And if that's the case, there's a specific reason why the Heat get information out there because they don't do it a lot. We've discussed this. They're not an organization that does a lot of leaking. They're very careful about who they talk to. There's a very small circle. A lot of the information that you guys hear about from us doesn't come from inside the organization as much as it comes from people who are kind of tangentially related to the organization. That's all I'll say. And so that's the way that you've had to cover this team pretty much since Pat Riley uh, jumped in here, you know, uh, more than a quarter century ago. And so when something comes out like that and it makes it seem like, you know, again, the Heat are open to trading him, it's because they want that out there. And that's the way that I took this. And so if they want that out there, what is the reason that they would want that out there? Well. You want to let the whole league know, I guess, that you're open for business. I think you want to get your team prepared for the fact that their starting point guard, the guy who's making you know nearly $90 million over three years, may get dealt. It's already looked like that to a certain degree because you're not playing him in the fourth quarter anymore. And now he's been, I guess, sort of shut down because of the knee uh, up closer to the All-Star break. But I, I, again, it struck me that 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 this would be put out there now. Because before, if you guys remember, and I'm going to go to to Brady on some of this and then to Alex. Before, if you remember, when there was talk of possibly trading Kyle, the organization came out right away and said they were not trading Kyle. This is, you know, just like they came out right away and made sure that certain reporters had information they were not really in it for James Harden in part because they wanted to make Tyler Hero and others feel more comfortable at that stage, because that came up right before the season started. So if you are saying now that you are open to trading Kyle Lowry, when before you were saying you were not open to trading Kyle Lowry, there is a reason that you are doing that. And, And I think, again, my best guess, without knowing for sure, is that you're trying to tell the rest of the league that you're open for business, and you're trying to brace your team for the fact that there may be uh, transactions coming, and also you may actually be trading Kyle Lowry. That's the other part of this. Brady, how do you take it? And and also, as we go forward here, what we're going to talk about in this episode is if you end up trading Kyle Lowry, what are you looking like at point guard? Because regardless of whether or not he's been finishing games, he's been starting games.
1: Yeah, so I think I took it pretty similar to the way you did. I thought the the point about the fact when they came out previously. Uh, even as soon as like the last time when the Kyrie Irving talks were out there, like they came out immediately and said that that Kyle Lowry wasn't in those conversations, everything Uh, clearly kind of sending a message more so to their locker. room. Now, when you're kind of throwing this out there, I guess it's sending to a a, kind of a message to your locker room as well. But you mentioned kind of like bracing the team for it. But this feels like a circumstance where like, do you even have to brace them for it? (laughs) Like, I feel like it's kind of expected at this stage. Like, I feel like there's nobody in that locker room that would be surprised by it and that's uh just in my personal opinion even the the people that are closest to him i don't think would be surprised by it at this stage just for the fact that uh maybe the way he's you know from his perspective and Miami's perspective so i'm not really surprised in it i guess from that way of thinking uh the point about the the on court stuff in terms of what they do after this like that's kind of the interesting part because we've constantly talked about could they like put him off the bench like let's just even say they uh, nobody wants to like talk about this right now because obviously the hot topic is trades, but if he's even still on the roster past Thursday, this is a conversation we could have because they, there's a, there's a trend going on where they don't start games. Well, they don't start second halves. Well, we talk about the third quarter all the time. They're literally the worst team in the NBA offensively in the third quarters. Like, and I just, this stuff is not even like joke labels anymore. Like this is actual things that need to be fixed. And part of that, uh has to be looked at in the starting lineup. And as much as we talk about Caleb and not being the starting for the, the kind of the right position, it's more so in the backcourt because it's not a, it's not a true fit. Like there's not a true identity. Uh, Kyle kind of figuring out the offense, but also there's no kind of extra push defensively, I guess, at the point of attack. So that's where it leads us into this conversation. Let's say he does get moved. There's the pretty much three options. In my opinion, it's Gabe Vincent gets bumped up into that starting spot where it would be kind of, I guess, smart for them to get a deeper look at him as a starting point guard, considering the fact he's in his contract year and they're going to have to make that decision anyway. The second guy, I think, is Victor Oladipo, who obviously I've said before, I think could be like the Goron starter insert in the playoffs. That's what it kind of feels like. And the third option is could they get something back in a trade, which doesn't feel likely because we keep talking front court, but it's still a possibility. So it feels like those are the three options right now. Uh, and it feels like those three options at least give them an identity moving forward, I guess, for the starting lineup.
0: Alex, I want to. We're going to pivot back to what Brady's talking about at the end about could they get another point guard in a trade and how would they handle that? And, and probably we'll cover that in more depth in the second half of this episode. But I, I just want to go back to the beginning here because I don't want to go too far away from this. They brought in Kyle Lowry to stabilize the point guard position for three years. And they did it also because it's what Jimmy Butler wanted. And now we are at a stage where a year and a half into this thing or season and a half into this thing, it is just clearly not working. Like, I mean, you can't, I was looking at their numbers today, the wins and losses. He's played in 22 wins and 22 losses this season in the 22 losses. He's shooting 35% overall and roughly 30% from three. I mean, he is directly contributing to the losses. Okay. His numbers and the wins are okay. But again, just 22 and 22. I mean, they're, they're, they've they're actually played better without him starting this year or playing this year than, than with him. Why do you think this has gone so wrong?
2: Well, I mean, look, man, it's, it's become a tough situation. It's uh, been unfortunate, right, because I think he showed some stuff last season, especially, you know, we've talked about this plenty of times, that stretch where Jimmy and Bam were both gone. Like, just imagine what this team looks like without Jimmy and Bam for – An extended stretch and he really held them up during that time. And it was a, you know, one of the biggest reasons that they were able to hold on to that home court advantage, which ended up again not mattering in the Eastern Conference Finals when they lost three of those at home. My bigger point is that he showed the value that he can have for this team, but he's declined, man. Like ever since the hamstring injury, um, this season, he just hasn't had the same verve. Like he showed it to you for a stretch of games there where he had the ball in his hands a little bit more that he it's, it's kind of like the aging point guard thing. It's like, he can show, he shows you that he can do it every now and then he can't do it every night. We used, we talked about it um, the year after the bubble with Goron. we talked about it kind of with Dwayne, uh, you know, at the end there. And it's just like, you know, they show you what, what you can do. I mean what they can do still, but they just don't show you it very often. Right. And that's kind of become the thing with Kyle. We know how much he makes from a contract perspective. And I think it's just become, inherently clear with the way that they have downgraded his role into more of an off-ball one it's like it just makes more sense to try to see if you can get back a a, you know a couple different pieces that complement what you're trying to do because you're not you know you've taken him completely out of his advantages right where it's he his you know the best skill that he has right and he's a jack of all trades sort of when when he's not at his best but the best skill he has is his passing and that's not really being Used other than him being an off-ball player and as a ball mover. And it's just like, you know, you're not getting the results and production you need. So it's gotten to the point where it's become very very clear to anyone watching that he's declined. I think most of it has been offensively where he can't even make his shots anymore. He looks hesitant at times. I think the defense has kind of been more or less around the same place it was last year. He can't really guard fast guards. He's better at guarding um, up in position, right? And I think he still does good things for you as a helper. But again, you're going to get more value if you can get a couple of different rotation pieces back in return from him because you're just not taking advantage of what he does best. And, and, and I get why.
0: Brady, is there any way to take advantage of what he does best? But let, let's say he lasts because I, I want to talk about the trade possibility here more after the break. But if he's still here past Thursday, is there a way to salvage this situation because some of it looks like decline some of it looks like he's uncomfortable um you know you know again it's the coach's job to make him feel as comfortable as possible but then it's also the player's job to make the most of whatever the role is and it just doesn't seem like either of those things have happened and it hasn't seen uh it hasn't seemed honestly like he's been comfortable with the whole thing with the organization like it's just i you know and and I, i know we're at this point where we expect everybody to conform with heat culture because that's That's the thing. But it just, you know, from 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 sort of, again, the the point that Greg and I we've talked about where media day where he could have just said, okay, you know what Pat said, I've done my best to get in condition because he did actually try to get in condition this offseason. So I took it to heart. I want to do the best I can for this team. That's the cliched thing to do instead of saying I didn't hear it. I mean, nobody believed he didn't hear it. So how do they salvage this if he's here past Thursday?
1: That's the weird part. Cause I don't know if you can
0: like, I I feel like
1: there's the professional element where at least off the court, they'll figure it out. Like he's been in this league long enough. They'll move past it. Like even the fact that they're throwing his name out there in the trade talks. And uh, you know, obviously as much as he said, he didn't hear the other stuff. He definitely is probably hearing this stuff. Like the fact that they're actively throwing it out there. So they can kind of salvage, I guess, that stuff just from a professional level, but from an encore perspective, I don't see how they salvage it. Like it does not feel like something that, you know, all the things Alex was talking about him declining. uh, It just does not feel like there's much saving to do here. Like it feels like at this point there's, they need a, like a (laughs) shakeup. Like they need a shakeup of some kind, just like a different type of life to this team that there's nothing that I don't think he could provide to really shift it offensively. Like what can he do personally? Like you were talking about skill sets, like, yeah, like in his role, taking more shots that are available to him if he's going to be off the ball, like, maybe taking advantage of that matchup or that play style a lot more than he has. It feels like he's been way too hesitant off like secondary attacks off those things, like not being able to pass as well. Like kind of not that he's unable to pass, unable to pass, but it's the fact that he seems at times like second guessing where he's unwilling to like make those reads too often. So it's like, he just doesn't look comfortable. And that's the way I've come down at a ton of the time. And like I said before, the defense is just, even if he was clicking offensively to a s- specific level, the defense is hard enough to salvage at this point. Like, it's just, it's a tough thing to overcome. I think there was like a graph today that came out, like backcourts in general. And, and, you know, Tyler and, and Kyle are pretty low on that chart. Like, it's just tough to overlook. You're putting your best players at such a, like so much more work in general defensively. So in terms of just roster construction, I don't know how you salvage it, but I got like I said, I think they could figure it out on a professional level. But I think ideally, now that we've gotten to this point, like now this is like, there's step one step two and like now you're taking this to this next step where you're putting his name out there like you're you're making it tougher and tougher on yourself so it almost seems like they're like not only bracing the team but it seems like they're almost bracing the fan base for what's to come
0: well excuse me i think they are and we i've I've said this many times on this podcast they do things in stages and so you hit on it there where you say step by step by step it's always you know at first it's You defend the player to the hilt. This is the heat way. You defend the player to the hilt. And to me, that was the core four moment, like where Spolstra says at a press conference, our core four, because nobody was really thinking of them as a core four at that moment. But it was like you're trying to put Kyle into it, even though he was struggling. And then after that, everything that's happened has moved away from the whole core four concept. You know, you cut his minutes first. okay? then you cut the late fourth quarter minutes. Then you cut all the fourth quarter minutes. Then all of a sudden he's missing time. And I'm not saying that the knee injury is not legitimate. I, again, we don't know with these guys, what is real, what is not real in this age of, you know, maintenance and all the rest of this. But I'm just saying like, then all of a sudden, you know, he's out with the knee issue. And then this latest thing, which is, you know, the, one of the two papers of record on the team comes out with a report saying that the team is open to trading him. And there was no pushback from the organization on it. Right. Like where, you know, you are no. we're not trading him like that didn't get out there, which, again, leads you to believe it's coming from inside the house. Right. And so I, I think you're right. I think we've gotten to this point where there's almost no turning back from it except for this. And and this is the one last thing I want to say, because this came up in our chat as we're talking here, as we're podcasting is is, you know, could is there an opening now if he last past the deadline to put him on the bench? And to give him a different role and to see if he can thrive in it. And to try to make the case that, as I've said many times, the best player in franchise history did it. Dwayne Wade. The a a guy that they gave up two first-round picks for and was a huge part of the franchise, may have his number retired someday. Goran Dragic did it. Okay. In LA, Russell Westbrook has done it. Other guys have done it. So can you make the case to Kyle? that okay we're going to try to kickstart this thing by giving you a different kind of role where the ball is going to be in your hands more often it's going to play more to your strengths and we'll find time for you on the court with Jimmy and with Bam they have an opening to do that now if he lasts past the deadline I feel like because it's like it's almost like at this point it doesn't feel like it can get much worse so why why not try this and see if that leads to anything all right after the break we're going to talk about what the other point guard options might be if they do move Kyle whether it's on the team itself like someone like vincent or oladipo or whether it's someone they pick up I do want to mention if you've got a leak eh, maybe the heat have a leak do you have a do you have a water leak you can't find where it's coming from you're dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business Call water cleanup of florida at 954-579-0356 that's 954-579-0356 with over 60 years of combined experience michael robert and the team prepared to handle all type of leak detection issues 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can find them at wcufl.com. That's wcufl.com. Or again, at 954-579-0356. They're based in Boca, right off the motto of that area, but they service also Dade and Broward counties. So reach out to them. Again, wcufl.com, 954-579-0356. One of you guys has got to jump in on this because we have no Greg today. If you've got the schmutz.
2: You've got the goods
0: oh my god you actually did it look at that all right we also do want to mention one other sponsor here before uh we move on better edge we're running what happened to you brady we're running uh better edge contests all week on the super bowl so we've got a couple of contests you can even bet the props if you want like the national anthem how long it's going to take and all that go to betteredge.com use the code 5 rsn this number 5 rsn to $20 to play, and this is peer-to-peer betting. So you're betting against others who use the product instead of betting against the book, which means it's legal. It's legal, and it's based in Minneapolis, not Costa Rica or somewhere else like a lot of these. So go to betteredge.com, use the code 5RSN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot slash Miami Heat. All right, so let's say they move Kyle Lowry, okay? And they don't get a point guard back. Are, 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 are you guys comfortable with Gabe Vincent as a starting point guard at this stage and seeing what he's got to lead into potentially... His, you know, re-signing him to some kind of extension maybe as kind of a, you know, a a low-end priced point guard going forward with a team that has other guys who handle, whether it's Tyler, Jimmy. It's kind of the model going back to the way they were during the Big Three era where Mario Chalmers and Norris Cole would maybe bring up the ball, but they they weren't initiating a ton of offense. It was going through LeBron and Dwayne and sometimes going through Chris Bosh. Are you comfortable with that, or is the other alternative just putting Victor Oladipo on the starting lineup and seeing what that looks like? Alex?
2: Honestly, it's not, like, the worst thing in the world. I think Gabe has shown that he can be in that role. It's not the most ideal thing ever, and just because you're kind of picking from different flawed options, right? So, like, I think Depot is probably higher uh, on the pecking order, and and I agree with Brady that I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of especially if he gets it going from a shooting perspective uh, closer to the playoffs that he ends up being that starter because of what he can provide for you uh, from a, from a defensive perspective, from a playmaking perspective. But Gabe is the, the easier fit, I think because of what he can do for you just as a stabilizer. Again, you don't need him to handle very much at all. If you're putting him with the starters, he's just going to be taking open shots. So that's the thing with him. The, the, the shooting hasn't been all there this season, but I wouldn't mind it. I think one thing though, is that if you trade Kyle, all of a sudden the decision to resign Gabe probably becomes a lot easier. I think you got to keep him, right. Even if, uh, you know, you feel that maybe the market is going to be too much for him. I, I don't really know that that's going to be the case just from the season he's had. I don't know. The teams are going to be like lining up to give him a, a big deal. Same thing for max who was obviously thrown into that report today that you mentioned from, uh, from Barry and Anthony Chang. But Really, like, I'm not against it. I do think that if you trade Kyle, you should probably try to get a guard in return, even if it's not a shot creator. I I absolutely would not mind somebody who's more of a shot maker. Because really, like, what we're talking about here is the relief points, right? Like, for most of what's not going well for the Heat is the guys that they do have who can create shots for others, right? Maybe they're not elite passers or elite playmakers, but they still create good enough looks with the stuff that they run And the relief points are just not there. Guys are not hitting open looks. So, you know, like one that I've kind of messed around with, one trade scenario where you get back uh, Norm Powell and Robert Covington for Kyle. Um, I think something like that would make sense because Powell gets to the rim. Powell shoots pretty well. um, And I think he's definitely a better perimeter defender than Kyle is at this stage. You get the four with Covington, and he's obviously, you know, just not playing very much at all for the Clippers anymore. So, you know, something like that, I wouldn't be against getting back a shooter as well. I just think they have to address their issues one way or another. And Kyle is, has become the, the obvious piece to try to get back multiple guys with how big that contract is. It's, it's funny how
0: they need the exact player that Goran Dragic was a couple of years ago. Like that, because that, that's, it's so underrated when you look back at it. And it has nothing to do with Goran being a starter at that stage when he was elevated. But just how every single time in that bubble run, when Jimmy until he got hurt, okay, until Goron got hurt, when they needed relief points, Goron would go on one of these little bursts, you know, for for six to eight points in a short stretch. But you now that Goron doesn't really exist anymore, so I'm not advocating as much as we'd all love to have him back here, you know, going after him from Chicago, and he's filling a role in Chicago right now. But I, I you're right, they need that kind of player. I mean, you mentioned Norm Powell. I mean, Reggie Jackson is that. could give them points maybe not efficiently um there are guys like monte morris i think who would help this team like i i just i feel like you could find a guy to do i mean we've seen javon carter have moments against the heat right like whether he's in phoenix or milwaukee like brady i mean start with the the vincent thing do do you think that they can turn over the start Uh, does it matter i guess at this point he's been playing 24 plus minutes anyway
1: I mean, compared to other options, like I feel like it's not like everybody's been talking about the Kyle thing. Uh, It's not a terrible option compared to the options that they have at the moment. Uh, I just feel like among the let's just say he is traded. Let's say it's between Gabe and Depot. I've said about the Depot thing in the playoffs, but I like I come back to the point where it's like Gabe deserves the opportunity for one. to kind of like I said, to earn that contract, see what he can provide kind of over a longer stint instead of being a fill in guy uh but he's the cleaner fit to be honest like like in terms of to Alex's point like Depot off the bench makes a lot more sense because he can have the ball in his hands more he can shot create a little bit more Gabe next to the primary guys can make sense he's a defender he does not need the ball in his hands at all we know how he just he can play his role screen just take catch and shoot shots and he's going to be willing to take those shots uh so I don't feel terrible about that part of it it just comes down to you kind of just, it, it depends on the front court help. You're getting back basically like that's it, it, That's how comfortable you feel with Gabe as your starting point guard compares to the other guys you have in the roster at that point. Like who else are you getting back? It's uh, Alex's point. That's the one thing I really agree on is the fact that like the blueprint has been shown that like a few years ago, we, I know we've talked about this a ton, but it's like a few years ago, we watched Tyler, we watched Bam and we said, they need a point guard. Like they need a true point guard. We're watching this season. We say, they don't really need any point guard to be honest. Like Tyler can use those reps. Bam's going to be on the ball a ton now as we see him kind of running down the floor, running ISOs into pull-ups. Jimmy, when it when it's playoff time, is going to be having the ball a ton coming down the floor. So they just don't at this stage need an initiator like Kyle. So it's like they, if you're even getting a guard back, like you know, the Norm Powells that just brought up and stuff, you don't need a true ball handler. Like even some of the guys you were just mentioning. It's like you just need a guy that can put hypothetically just hit threes to be honest like i ideally it's a three and d guy but like at this part you know we always talk about defense and the reason why we harp i feel like going kyle defense the fact that he just doesn't provide anything offensively so if like at this stage if he's tailing off defensively you have to hold up your end of the bargain on one side of the floor like your primary skill set when it comes down to like getting a certain player even if a player you're getting is a good shooter or offensive player not a great defense. We've seen at this stage this team can figure things out defensively with different personnel, different rosters, behind Jimmy and Bam. And, yes, it's it's terrible the fact that they have to utilize so much effort and it's so much on them, but they've been top five defenses with poor defensive players on their roster in the past. Like, they've figured that out. This season, they need offense. Like, they really need offense. So you look around the league and you look at their options, I think you can figure it out with Gabe as long as you provide – the roster around the edges with enough offensive options with enough size in the front court. Uh, so I think that question is more so about the other guys you're getting, but I don't feel like they would feel too terribly about Gabe adding the starting lineup. And the last thing I'll say is like, he was their starting point guard essentially in the playoffs last year, like the run they went on most wins that they had, like a lot of those wins, what was it against Philly? I think even a couple against Boston was Gabe Vincent as the starting point guard. He played really well. Would you get that version again? I'm not sure but he's had the experience and he's shown it at different times of need. And I think that just speaks to the, the compliment that he is to a lot of these players.
0: Yeah. And, and like I said, you can get, you can find probably a point guard back in a trade in one of these deals. And there are players, you know, this point uh, was made by uh, someone who's who's, who's, who's doing some stuff for our network. Uh, well, uh, not some stuff. we may do some stuff for our network. I don't want to give it away right now, but basically he, do, he just tweeted out, Uh, how many Cam Thomases are there out there? Uh, Cam Thomas tonight had something like 35 points through three quarters after he had like 40 something the other night. There are players sitting on NBA benches who just need opportunities. And, And again, I wonder if in a trade you can get somebody back cheap who might be able to give you some of those relief points off the bench. This is where I'm at with it. Okay. Once, this kind of stuff starts to happen. Uh, this is where me being the old guy around here, you know, I throw some water on on stuff. I, I, I don't think that the Kyle thing could be salvaged at this stage. I, that's it doesn't feel like it to me. Having covered enough of these situations where players don't look comfortable, start to fall out of favor in terms of certain roles, and then they're out there in trade conversations it it doesn't feel salvageable. It, it feels like anything that's going to happen beyond the deadline is going to be a force. I, I think moving him to the bench may help him actually. It may be good for him and good for the team. I don't know that there'll be agreement on that, but it just, it doesn't feel like we're, we're it just has felt like this has been a downwards trend and it was kind of like we were telegraphing some things on this podcast early in the season and I was getting a lot of pushback on it. And then the numbers kind of followed it, right? So now you're at a point where you get through all the way through January and he's averaging seven points and three assists. And I never expected him to average 20 and 10 down here. I said, before he came, I said, if you can get 13 and seven, okay, in terms of points and, and with with pretty decent efficiency and willingness to shoot the three, uh, the ability to guard the point of attack, but all of those things have deteriorated. And now I think Brady have hit on it. You know, Tyler's development in terms of uh the reading the reading the I don't know, he's not perfect by any means, but b- b- having the ball in his hands and making reads, you add that to BAM, the, the increasing offensive aggressiveness for Bam, where Bam doesn't really need a point guard to get him the ball in those spots anymore. He finds the spot himself. We always talked about, well, you needed Kyle to throw the ball into Bam because Kyle gets out of the way and he was smart about that. So Bam couldn't throw it back. Bam has processed all that stuff now. Like you don't necessarily need to hold his hand anymore. And so and then the Jimmy thing, this has been my biggest disappointment about it, Alex, and I'll let you close on it. The 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 Butler-Lowry connection, I remember asking both of them about it when they came and they talked about how easy it was going to be and how it worked when they played for the national team and all that. And they have this friendship. We haven't really seen it. Right. Like they don't I don't know, like I, they, they've never looked like a great basketball fit to me, Jimmy. Jimmy and am I am I? forgetting stuff that's happened in the last year and a half because it's been so bad lately or it did it not materialize the way it was supposed to.
2: I mean, honestly, I think that's definitely been part of the the downwards trend here is their specific chemistry. And I was trying to quickly look up the numbers here but for their two men lineups. But beside that, I think last season, what's, what's kind of what you've seen change and go down from last season to this season between them two is Jimmy as a screener and Kyle as a screener and those actions together. Like, They still go to them. They don't go to them quite as often. Obviously, just kind of um, they've de-emphasized Kyle in almost every way. They still use him as a screener here and there. But I think those actions were a lot better last season, and I don't think the loss of P.J. Tucker necessarily affects that. So, you know, you can't blame it on anything that has to do with roster construction other than, uh, uh, you know, the guys not hitting their shots, the guys who they pass to. But just between them two, those actions, they, they used to be some of the more relied upon for the heat. And I think where you can feel good about what you're going to get out of it. And that's kind of deteriorated too. So again, his value has just gone down and we haven't mentioned it on this podcast, but obviously over the past year and a half or so, I mean, not year and a half year or so he's gone through stuff personally. So, you know, you can't, you got to factor in how that has affected him as well as a, you know, an aging point guard, who's probably not even six feet tall, uh, who's had a lot of minutes on his body. And again, I'm no doctor. I don't know much, but I think if, if I'm, I may be wrong here, and I did a quick Google, and I, so to correct, it, I mean to make sure that I'm correct here, but I think the hamstring, especially for an aging point guard, like I said, can lead to other stuff. And I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know with the overcompensation there, it's led to some of the knee stuff that he's dealing with now. Like I don't think that's out of the question. So it's just been um, a tough string of events where they were better with him last season during the regular season. He showed you stuff. And then in the playoffs, that's kind of when everything started. The hamstring issue came, and then they were better with Gabe on the floor than with Kyle. He wasn't really hitting his shots. You know, he had a couple big games, specifically the the Boston game was at game six uh, where he went crazy. I think it was like 18 points, 10 assists, making big shots. He was part of that big run in game seven. So I'm trying to give him credit. But really, all of that has it. And I think that's kind of what it just comes down to. It's unfortunate. The, The sequence of events that's happened between the injuries, the personal stuff. But it is what it is. It's just where we are at this point.
0: Yeah, and we'll see where we are at the deadline on Thursday. We'll be doing more episodes. Uh, I mentioned Cam Thomas for the Nets. Uh, Cam Thomas just recorded back-to-back 40-point game for the Nets. He has as many 40-point games in the last two games as Kyrie Irving did all season. It's a weird league. You never know when you pick up a guy or clear a role for a guy. Yes, Brady?
1: I was just saying they're also beating the Clippers right now. So as much as we bring up the Clippers all the time, Mm If they lose this game, and I saw some Clippers people freaking out. So, if, like, if they lose this game to Cam Thomas and no KD, no Kyrie, no all these guys, like, that's a, that's a rough loss right before the deadline.
0: Well, and we've talked about the teams in the West and how it's really hard to get a gauge on them. You know, the Warriors just lost Steph for another period of time. And, you know, they look like they were finally starting to make a move. Phoenix is now trying to make a huge move because they've got a new owner. It's very hard to get a read on this league. I mean, Minnesota fell out of it. Then they kind of jumped back into it. New Orleans looked great. They were number one in the conference for a little bit, and then they went on a huge losing streak. I, so it, I, it's if you're the Heat trying to evaluate like who you can make trades with, it's kind of like everybody and nobody at this stage. And it kind of feels like teams like the Clippers, Utah, and especially Toronto, it, it feels like the Toronto Raptors are the key to this deadline. Like they have two guys in Adanobi and Siakam, who are, who, again, don't get talked about in the national media. You're not going to hear Stephen A. and all them on first take. Those two guys would be enormous difference makers right now for other teams. So I think Masai Ujiri is the guy who kind of holds the cards at this deadline. If he is going to move off of those guys and take a bunch of picks, I mean, those are two guys that the Heat should, you know, uh, the, those are two players who would be terrific fit. So I I and then you know you have the Kyle Lowry Spectre out there and maybe there would be a reunion possibility. So we'll see. We're gonna do more episodes as we come up. Again, we apologize if we say something and two hours later it's not, you know, exactly what's happening at that moment. Stuff is gonna change uh quite a bit as we go forward. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to Brady. Make sure you sign up for our off-the-floor winnow.app backslash off-the-floor. Obviously, uh, you know, at NBA Central is signing up for it because they're just putting out all our stuff three seconds after we post it. Go to do the free trial. It's $3.05 a month afterwards. Helps pay the bills. Winnow.app backslash off-the-floor. We'll give you more information as it happens over there. Have a good day, everybody.